CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. This is where your avocados come from. The state of Michoacan, Mexico is the number one supplier of avocados in the world. Welcome to W5. Here in Mexico, they call this El Oro Verde, the green gold. But the journey from this orchard to your table in Canada is a treacherous one. There is a massive environmental and human toll because this delicious fruit, well, it sucks water and it spills blood. He wants his face hidden, his name kept secret. That assault rifle, it's an AR-15, the weapon of choice because its high muzzle velocity means optimal damage to flesh and bone. There's a warrior right here. They have to respect me. We're calling him Gabriel and what he wants to talk about could get him killed. He lives in the western part of Mexico, Michoacan State. This is cartel country. Rival gangs are waging a brutal battle for control. Their power, so vast. Their ruthlessness so on display that police and even the military have, in areas, lost complete control. But this region isn't just cartel land. It also happens to have the perfect soil, altitude, and climate for growing avocados. In fact, Michoacan State is the number one avocado producer in the entire world. The avocados you buy in Canada are almost exclusively from here. The green fruit generates 400,000 direct and indirect jobs in Mexico. It's a $3 billion a year industry fueled in part by Canada's obsession with the superfood. We import more than 100,000 metric tons of avocados a year. And the cartels, well, they want a piece of the so-called green gold rush. Gabriel is not a narco or a soldier. He is armed to the teeth and has fortified his home because he's a farmer, an avocado farmer. Your orchard is sealed off. You have cameras everywhere and you have guns. It's so hard for me to wrap my head around that the protection is all because you are growing this delicious fruit. If you're doing well, they kill you or disappear you or they come and pull you and your family out of your house and they take away your orchard, and they cultivate it, and take all the money. So the narcos are coming to farmers and saying, you give us your land, 
or else. Yes, they just say, I like your land, I like your house. You have to vacate it. You have 24 hours to leave. And if you don't, they come and kill you. They are willing to kill from the cat up. They spare no one. In 2021, a convoy of trucks with heavily armed men inside pulled up to the gate of Gabriel's farm. They said they were going to throw a party for us, that we were going to dance to their tune. What does that mean? They say they are going to throw a party when they are going to disappear a person. That's the kind of threat that keeps you up at night. You can't sleep, you're always on guard, you can't go out. With that threat from one cartel, Gabriel now pays protection money to a rival cartel. All this crime is a consequence of the increase of price of avocado. Now all of this has exploded. The extortion, kidnappings, you have to pay for protection. I'm afraid of losing my family or having them lose me. Traveling through some areas of Michoacan state is dangerous. Global security advisories are blunt. Do not go. We need to be prepared as we are going to a war zone. Not many journalists have the courage to go. Mexican television producer Ulysses Escamilla is escorting us through this region. We have GPS tracking on our phones, emergency satellite communication. We have an extraction plan and have all had hostile environment training. Ulysses gives us the lay of the land. We are going to move in this area. Okay. To Los Reyes, and after that to Uruapan, Pátzcuaro, and Cheran is very near to Pátzcuaro, so where are we moving this? An off-duty police officer will be with us, but he won't be armed intentionally. Because you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. But it's like the boogeyman. You don't see it, but you know that it's there. And if you push, the boogeyman appears. These guys just understand blood and massacres and money. I mean, dunking people in acid, cannibalism, uh, decapitation, kidnapping, rape. It's a war. This is the group that causes the most terror, the Jalisco New Generation Cartel. And they are armed for this war. Known by their Spanish acronym CJNG, they are equipped with military weaponry, grenade launchers, drones that drop bombs. They're using booby traps, landmines, and these homemade armored trucks called monsters. Their currency is fear. Yeah. 
amacicen todos los cabrones. Lara, ahí dile a todos los putos que se amacicen. Fuerzas especiales, Mencho. Their gruesome trademark. Public displays of extreme violence. They boast on social media about their brutality. Like this video, which purports to be Jalisco gangsters dangling a human head over the burning remains of the rest of the body. Urupan is the economic engine of the avocado industry, and Jalisco has made it clear it wants control. Posting this video on social media saying, we are here in Urupan, and leaving horrifying evidence of their presence for all to see. This industrial area is the scene of what's become known as the Massacre of Urupan. It was here in 2019 that the Jalisco New Generation Cartel sent a very direct and very brutal message that it was trying to muscle into this region. 19 bodies were found in different areas. Some were dismembered and left right out in the open. Others were packed up in garbage bags. And from this bridge, six bodies were found hanging. Since then, the blood has been free flowing. And directly in the cartel crosshairs, farmers like Gabriel. In the avocado industry, we are afraid. Where can you go? Where? Who do we complain to? Who can help us? No one has helped us so far. Coming up. The front gate completely riddled with bullets. A campaign of violence that leaves towns abandoned. They're taking over. When W5 continues. This is the Mexico you probably know. It's the number one sun destination for Canadian travelers. This is the Mexico you don't want to know. Michoacan State in the western part of the country. It is the cartel heartland. Where wild shootouts like these between local police and the Jalisco New Generation Cartel are a part of daily life. They don't just want control of the drug trade. There's another lucrative crop that the narcos are sinking their teeth into, and it's one that's legal, avocados. There's nowhere on earth that produces more of the little green fruit. Almost every avocado in Canadian grocery stores comes from here. It's a $3 billion a year industry that feeds North America's appetite for the healthy superfood. Narcos and cartels are trying, obviously, to get the most profit of it. Everything that produces money, they're going to be interested in. They're going to scare those, uh, those people 
They're going to take the lands, their houses, everything they own. At the National University of Mexico, Professor Daniel Castillo Santander researches the narco network. Uh, in Michoacán, the avocado industry, first they start like taxing them with like 10% of their gains. And then they say like, why well, is it not easier just to take over? Give me like the property titles or I, or I will kidnap your daughter. I will uh, extort you if you don't, I'm gonna shoot you. And that's what happened. They're taking over. The narcos are thinking, hey, we can get a piece of that. And it's, uh, we can get, make money off of them. We can also uh, launder our money this way. Because the avocado industry has grown exponentially in, in like 20 years. In terms of like uh, gross domestic product, probably 4% of Mexico's economy. Do you feel as though the government and the military and the police are outgunned by yeah. the cartels? Yeah, totally. They are all Totally. Gunned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some cases, yeah, they are. This is General Jose Alfredo Ortega Reyes. He heads up the Ministry of Public Security. His mission to keep the cartels away from the avocado industry. He shows us from above the region he is trying to protect. The landscape is dotted with orchards. Almost every business in this area has something to do with the avocado industry. And this highway is key. The Siglo XXI highway is an important road that connects the port with the north center of the country, the United States, and Canada. It is a route so treacherous that the general has ordered his heavily armed state police officers to escort in convoys, the avocado trucks, as they make their way from the orchards to the processing plants and then on to the US and Canada. With this, we ensure that the transfer of the avocado from the orchards to the packing areas is smooth, above all, safe. Before these armed convoys, as many as four avocado trucks were hijacked along this route every single day. This is a, a very big job. You have to protect those trucks filled with avocados through a region that has so much violence from, from the narcos. I currently have 650 to 700 daily operations throughout the state. We have 2,000 officers deployed to avoid bad situations, criminal situations during the avocado production and shipment activities. There is one area where the military and police have wrestled away control from the Jalisco cartel. It's the town of El Aguaje, further south, in a region called Tierra Caliente, hot earth. For our safety, we need both a police and a military escort to get there. Jalisco took control of El Aguaje in 2019 and unleashed so much violence that most of the residents fled for their lives. It has recently been liberated by the military, but the town is pretty much empty. 
When Jalisco moved in and took control of this region, so many people fled. They actually uh, turned this small town into a ghost town. And you can just see pockmarks from uh, gunfire all throughout this area. The concrete fence cratered by 50 caliber bullets. CJNG graffiti tags mark what was, not long ago, Jalisco territory. The door's open. The furniture's still in here. Gosh, I wonder if that's the family that used to live here. You know, it's weird, too, to be in here knowing that there was a family here that had to flee because of the very violence that we've been exploring. We know that there have been landmines left by Jalisco, right? Are we safe walking through here? We're going to stay on the road just in case. The officer says it has been cleared through here. But this again, this is the first and second house just after you cross the entrance to this town, uh, completely abandoned. Both of these houses were turned into makeshift Jalisco headquarters, a strategic location to control who came into the town and who left. I mean, imagine the battle that would have been here. The front gate, the front door that's supposed to protect the family that lives here, this metal gate completely riddled with bullets. But it's the little things that are, that are the creepiest when you know that somebody's had to leave. This would, would have once been a beautiful house, a little angel, and the dishes still in the cupboards. The town is now fortified with soldiers, tanks, and barricades. The military claims to have control but many residents who fled are still too scared to return. The main square is deserted. Most of the stores are shuttered. The only real sign of life is the flower shop. The owner has lived here for close to 60 years. Hola, soy Avery de Canada. ¿Cómo está? Bien, usted? Bien, gracias. Show me. And were you in here when all of this was happening? In my house above. We've heard about the farmers being scared to go back to their farms because of the landmines. Yes, a man who lives down here was killed by a landmine. He was torn to pieces. Somebody showed me the photos yesterday. The scars on the building are nothing compared to the emotional damage that this violence has caused. Jesus breaks down while talking about his five children. What do you fear for them? That they might get killed, that they might come and kill them. 
And this speaks to the audacity of the cartels. In a town swarming with soldiers, this resident who's too scared to show his face tells us the cartels are undeterred. They've been dropping bombs from the drones, and we have the military right here, but it doesn't seem like they, they're interested in stopping the other guys from uh, dropping all those bombs. They're dropping drone bombs just over there? Yeah, that just happened today. They dropped like five bombs today. You're kidding. Yeah. Where? Across the river. Drones, landmines, and blockades, yes, and kidnappings. It's quite normal. Mexican cartel researcher, Professor Daniel Castillo Santander, has studied the tactics used by the Jalisco New Generation Cartel. It's kind of like psychological uh, warfare as well, and, and terror, the use of terror in, in warfare. In the end, you, want, you don't want anyone to feel safe until you get what you want. Regular people are the ones who suffer the violence, and no one can do anything for them. Yes. Coming up. This is kind of a blatant sign of corruption, isn't it? Definitely. Are money and violence protecting the cartels? You feel abandoned. See? When W5 continues. It's called the Day of the Dead, one of Mexico's most important celebrations, marking the day the living reconnect with those who are not. And in the state of Michoacan, there are a lot of dead. Cartel violence has made this one of the most dangerous places in Mexico. We want to know more about the narco interest in the booming avocado business here. That means asking them ourselves. Local television producer Ulysses and I have connected with a contact who has a direct line to the Jalisco New Generation Cartel. We're calling him Pedro. He tells us he needs to text them our full names. And he sends them a photo of our crew. And then we get word the answer to our interview request is yes. Look, why are they agreeing to this? This is what I don't understand. The other organizations, the other criminal gangs have talked to the media. Everybody was shitting their pants and they don't approach them. Because they're too scared to talk to the Jalisco. Why they don't talk to us? It's like, dude, because you're brutal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now they realize, like, uh, we need to talk to them to explain them what is, what is our side of the story. day of the scheduled meeting. Pedro is with us to make the introductions. We're told to go to a location and wait. Pedro will be sent a message about where to meet the Jalisco cartel commander. We don't know a ton about him. We know he's young, mid-20s, mid um, that he's a Sicario, a hitman. 
We wait for more than six hours. They need to be sure that we don't have a tail, that everything's okay with the car, and things okay with us. And then finally, the call comes. The interview has been called off. Back at our hotel, Pedro can't get through to the cartel leader, and then finds out his crew has been busy. I just received a video. It happened just now, about 15 minutes ago. A father and son, now dead, were inside this avocado truck. That's why they haven't answered, because they are now in a skirmish. But why was the interview canceled? We can't help but wonder if after getting our names and photos, they Googled us and came across this. The only way to maintain a cartel is uh, by order. Now, how do you maintain order? Okay, if you don't obey, I'll f kill you and your whole f family. And that's, there's no other way. Our interview with a Sinaloa cartel leader in the Playa del Carmen region in 2019. And, and what's with this chopping up of body parts and leaving them? Why does that happen? Sometimes you hate the enemy so bad, or sometimes you just like it, or sometimes some guys want to show one of They want to sell you a little bit of fear. It made headlines in Mexico. Local police bragged publicly that they later arrested the men in our documentary. Ulysses eventually finds out that the narco bailed on our interview because he thought we were trying to get him arrested and capture it on camera. They were thinking that as part of our documentary, the cops were about to cut them and to show, to show them on camera. So they get paranoid. Remember when we were given so much access to the general of Michoacan State Police, both on the ground and in the air? Well, it turns out someone on his team was taking pictures of us all together and sent them to the Jalisco cartel. That means that somebody who's working right alongside the commander is presumably getting paid by the cartels. This is kind of a blatant sign of corruption, isn't it? Definitely. If someone inside, someone was there when we were filming, that is working for them. This is something very common. About two and a half months later, cameraman Jerry Vino and I returned to Mexico. For weeks, we have had indirect communication with the Jalisco cartel commander, explaining we just want his side of the avocado story. Finally, he agrees. Pedro is, again, the middleman. He's driving us to our waiting spot when he gets word that violence has broken out between Jalisco and their arch enemy, a cartel called Los Viagras, right in the area we're supposed to meet. We're on our way to the interview now, even though just a couple of minutes ago we were told it had to be shut down because of skirmishes between Jalisco and Las Viagras that are in that region. Uh, we were told it was simply too dangerous for us to get there. Two seconds ago we got word that uh, it's on, we need to get there fast. 
The meat is going to go down in, of all places, an avocado orchard, deep in Jalisco-controlled territory. And this is who we're meeting. I am the commander of the new generation Jalisco cartel. This is a cell of Sicarios, hitmen. Their job is to kill. Some are just teenagers, their high-powered assault rifles slung across their chests. While some guard the perimeter, others flank their commander during our interview. You are a very powerful organization, powerful with, with lots of money and lots of, lots of weapons. What is this weapon here? It's a 40-millimeter grenade launcher. This is modern warfare. We use war technologies. We use drones. Here, everybody is adequately trained to use them to the maximum so that they can hear that thunder. Jalisco has the reputation of being the most brutal organization in the region. Why does it have that characterization? We are all bad guys. That's the reality. Why? Because at the end of the day, the work is the same. We kill like all the others. However, they want to paint us as the worst of the bad guys. We won't harm anyone except for those that deserve it. If you deserve it, you better hide because we will come with all we got. We are in the midst of an avocado orchard, and we know that the avocado industry brings in a lot of money to this region. What involvement does Jalisco have in the avocado industry? What was previously happening is that the Viagras would store the avocado producers. If people didn't pay up, they got killed. The Jalisco cartel is a cartel that doesn't kidnap. The Jalisco cartel doesn't church quotas. The Jalisco cartel doesn't extort, doesn't steal. On the contrary, what we do is clean up society from all those people. He claims the attacks on the avocado industry are the work of their rival cartel, Los Viagras. And yet just weeks earlier, his boss, a Jalisco leader nicknamed the Panther, was arrested on charges of aggravated kidnapping, drug trafficking, and extortion of avocado farmers. Why did you agree to meet with me? Mainly so that the public can get rid of the bad name that the Jalisco cartel has. We are normal people. We just have a different type of job. That's it. We are bad, but it's a necessary bad. When people see us in cities patrolling, don't be afraid. You can approach us with confidence. We are only bad to those who deserve it. We are not bad to good people. As proof, he points to this. Just before Christmas, armed Jalisco members played Santa, doling out presents to children. And then the Jalisco commander makes a wild allegation. He claims his is the only cartel 
that doesn't share its profits with the government and police, and that they're being wrongly accused of targeting avocado farmers. No, lo que pasa, oiga, que... The government receives money from all the cartels. We don't have agreements with the government. And we don't want it either. We don't need it, we can do it all alone. So are the cartels in bed with the government? We took that question right to the top, to the president of Mexico. Is really Haynes. I'm in Canada. Sí, canadiense. gracias. A point-blank question to President Obrador. Does government profit from cartels? There used to be collusion, a partnership between authorities and criminals. But that doesn't exist anymore. Do you feel as though your government has done enough to protect the avocado farmers and de facto make people who are buying these delicious fruits in Canada feel good about the fact that they are supporting the farmer and not the narco? Tell the people of Canada that avocado is very good and it is not linked it is not an agro industry, no. No. An astounding claim from Mexico's president, who even in follow-up questions refused to acknowledge that the cartels have a grip on the avocado industry. Increasingly, the international community is describing the avocados from Michoacan as conflict fruit, as blood avocados. What do you say to people who are concerned that when they buy avocados from there, they are supporting the cartels? There is violence in Michoacan, and there are criminal organizations in Michoacan. They have no ties to those who produce avocados, who are farmers. What that surely is, is misinformation. The president denies narcos are involved in the avocado industry. The most powerful cartel in the region denies it extorts, kidnaps, or disappears farmers. All of this is news to avocado farmer Gabriel, who says he and his fellow farmers live in a perpetual state of fear. You're always thinking, when will my time come? Or where will it happen? Do you know of other farmers who have been threatened, disappeared, or killed? Yes, it has happened a lot. We're in very serious trouble, and the government won't open its eyes. You feel abandoned? Yes, very much. Coming up... Avocado orchards attract criminal gangs. Taking back their land. Now, we are free inside our town. When W5 continues. Vigilante groups have sprung up across Michoacan State, Mexico. Heavily armed civilians patrol their own communities. But it's not without controversy. 
This group, called Pueblos Unidos, or United Villages, claimed to be simple avocado farmers protecting their crops. In the summer of 2022, they were raided by police, who seized this, about 150 high-caliber rifles, dozens of handguns, tens of thousands of bullets, grenade launchers, and dozens of branded trucks. 167 people were arrested. General Jose Alfredo Ortega Reyes, who heads up the Ministry of Public Security, was a key player in that raid. He says that civilian militia was less interested in protecting farmers and more intent on battling Jalisco for control of the region. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what kind of an impact that has on the safety here? Many people were surprised that we were able to detain these 167 people without shooting a single round. But it is also a very good public image because we retired 167 criminals from the street. We can say that we are making progress in matters of public safety. There is one civilian militia, though, that is offering some hope amidst the mayhem that is this region of Mexico. It's in the small town of Charan, about 50 kilometers north of Oropan. This indigenous community is seen as an oasis. The people here live without fear. They have checkpoints at the entrance to the town and continuously patrol the forests in the hills above. Now we are free inside our town, but we are free. Carlos Sanchez and the rest of the people in Chiran are from the Purépecha Nation. Under Mexico's constitution, they have the right to self-government. Fed up with corruption and cartel violence, there was an uprising in 2011. This banner reads, we want peace and security, Mr. Governor. Residents literally ran the politicians, the police and the cartels out of town. And one of the first things they did as a self-ruling community is they made it illegal to grow avocados. When we were driving in, I saw a sign that said, no avocados here. Avocado orchards, they attract criminal gangs. So what we do when we see avocado plants or receive a report of someone planting avocados, we confiscate the plant or cut down the avocado tree. Carlos is part of a 70-person civilian militia that actually goes around cutting down avocado trees. They also patrol the perimeter of the community to keep the bad guys out. And it's working. It's even safe here when the sun goes down. We patrol the entire town. We make sure that the bad guys don't come. We join one of the community patrols, being led on this night by Ivan Santa Clara Pahumba. 
Before everything was closed, there was no economy. Now people go about their business. Look, they're in their shops, their tacos and everything. The people are at ease now. The people are protected, and so too is the environment. This aerial view shows the stark delineation, avocado orchards on the left, and Charan's lush protected forests on the right. The other side is obviously drier. There are no trees. The sun falls on bare land. And on this side, it doesn't. Across Mexico, about 20,000 acres of forest, more than 15,000 football fields, are cut down every year and replaced with avocado plantations. And they are thirsty crops. They take an enormous amount of water to grow in a state where water supplies have reached a critical level. Water is disappearing fast. We're all fighting over water to keep growing the green gold. Farmer Gabriel initially thought this nearby dam was a godsend for his crops. It's turned into a curse. You are particularly targeted because you have water, you have a dam. And this has made you a prime target for those who want water, which has now become a much needed commodity to grow these avocado trees. Yes, criminals come and they want to take water from anywhere, at any cost, by force, using threats, intimidating. There will be people who will hear about the cartel's involvement in the avocado industry in this region, and they will say, maybe we don't buy avocados from Mexico because it's supporting the cartels. Maybe we boycott avocados from Mexico. It would be very bad for us. We would lose all those people who work with us. It would be a huge impact. If we could just live in peace, I would like that. The avocado orchards in Michoacan State are a long way from the bustle of life here in Mexico City. And yet again and again, the people there told us they feel abandoned and forgotten by the people in power here. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. 